Spring is in full swing and summer is just around the corner. A great time for a beach getaway at the Oceanfront Boardwalk Plaza Hotel in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Enjoy the best of oceanfront accommodations and amazing dining right on the beach, both with great views of the ocean and boardwalk. Enjoy a soak in the heated indoor spa pool or book the adults-only concierge level and relax in the rooftop hot tubs. Book online at boardwalkplaza.com or call 800-33 beach thanks to the boardwalk plaza for being the bridge podcast network sponsor story jumpers welcome to another episode of your favorite storytelling podcast are you ready to hear a great story of course that's why you're a story jumper while visiting mr whitaker at wit soda shop beth and patrick find a mysterious letter in the imagination station requesting a viking sunstone The letter is old and says that someone named Albert will be imprisoned if the sunstone is not found. Mr. Whitaker sends cousins Patrick and Beth to Greenland, circa 1000 AD. On their quest for the sunstone, the cousins meet Vikings Eric the Red and Leif Erikson and find the sunstone as they join Leif on his first voyage to North America. But the adventure is just beginning. For when they return to Mr. Whitaker's workshop with the Sunstone, there is another note waiting for them, requesting a silver goblet. Join Patrick and Beth as they continue their travel to various lands and times in the Imagination Station book series. Enjoy this reading, A Voyage with the Vikings, by Marianne Herring. Voyage with the Vikings, by Marianne Herring and Paul McCusker. Chapter 1, Wit's End It all began on a Monday. Beth and her cousin Patrick were at Wit's End. It was a soda shop in a large old house. Kids thought Wit's End was the best place in town for ice cream. But there was a lot more to Wit's End than scoops and cones. It had more rooms than Patrick could count. Down the hallway was a radio studio and a theater to perform plays, plus a library. On the second floor, there was a large model train and the Bible room. It was like a kid's museum. Patrick followed Beth from room to room with wide eyes. Are there any video games? Patrick asked. The kind with sword fighters or guys who fight monsters. No, Beth said, but I'll show you the imagination station. It's kind of like a time machine. Patrick liked the words imagination and time machine. Where is it? Patrick asked. Well, it's usually in the corner of the Bible room, Beth said. But it's not there today. Come on, let's ask Mr. Whitaker. Someone said he's in the basement workshop. Patrick followed Beth down the spiral staircase and over to the basement door. She opened it, and they went down another set of stairs. At the bottom, the cousins looked into a large room, It was filled with tables and benches. There were boxes, large drills and sawhorses. Parts from old ovens and computers sat on the floor. This is his workshop? Patrick asked. He picked up a rusted spring from a nearby table. He dropped it, and the spring made a ping sound as it bounced like a toy. It looks like a scientist's junkyard, he said. Mr. Whitaker invents things, Beth said. Beth picked up the spring, and she put it back on the table. Just then, Mr. Whitaker came around a corner. He was tall, with white hair and a mustache, and he also had a kind smile. 
Good morning, Beth, Mr. Whitaker said. Hi, this is my cousin Patrick. He's my age, she said. His mom is my dad's sister. Hi, Patrick said. Suddenly Beth said, There it is! She walked over to a large machine. The front part was round like a helicopter. I wanted Patrick to see the imagination station, she said. Mr. Whitaker said, Oh, I'm sorry. It's not working. That's why I brought it down here. May we sit in it? Beth asked. Sure, Mr. Whitaker said. Beth waved for Patrick to join her. She climbed onto the seat. Patrick followed her. Look at all these buttons, he said. He pointed to a long dashboard. It had lots of buttons, dials, and numbers on it. There was also a piece of paper sitting on the dash. <sighs> Too bad it's not working, Beth said. What does this button do, Patrick asked. He tapped a large red button with his finger. The machine came alive. A low hum came from the back of the machine. Lights and buttons blinked on the dashboard. Needles on round dials swung back and forth. That's very strange, Mr. Whitaker said. Come out again. The cousins obeyed, and the machine went dark. Mr. Whitaker climbed inside. He pushed buttons, and nothing happened. He got out again. I don't know what's wrong, he said. It's working for you, but, but not for me. May we try again, Patrick asked. Go ahead, said Mr. Whitaker. The kids got into the machine, and it lit up again. Wit rubbed his chin slowly. He looked puzzled. It wants to take us for a ride, Patrick said. May we go? Beth asked. Please? Chapter 2 The Costume Closet Mr. Whitaker walked over to a computer table. Beth and Patrick watched as he typed some things on a keyboard. He turned some dials. He pushed a lot of buttons. Is it all right? Patrick asked. Yes, you'll be able to go on an adventure, Mr. Whitaker said. Maybe I'll find out why it works for you, but not for me. Can we go back in time? Patrick asked. He was excited. How would you like to visit a Viking ship? Mr. Whitaker asked. Patrick and Beth thought for a moment. Patrick didn't know much about Viking ships. Beth knew a little bit about Viking explorers, but that was all. The Vikings had swords, right? Patrick asked. They sure did, Mr. Whitaker said. He turned to Beth. Is visiting a Viking ship okay with you, Beth? Beth didn't care about swords, but being on a Viking ship sounded great. Sure, she said. I've always wanted to see the ocean. Let's go, Patrick said. Uh, not so fast, Mr. Whitaker said. You have to be dressed for Viking times. Patrick looked at his blue jeans and dinosaur t-shirt. He looked at Beth's bright pink shorts and top. Oh, Patrick said. The Vikings would probably notice we didn't fit in. And you might get cold and wet, Mr. Whitaker said. Mr. Whitaker walked over to the workshop wall. He opened two large sliding doors. Beyond them was another room. It was filled with rack after rack of costumes. Mr. Whitaker chose an armful of clothes. He gave them to Beth. He gave another armful to Patrick. You can use the changing rooms, Mr. Whitaker said. The cousins went to two small rooms the size of closets. They changed into costumes. Beth came out first. She was wearing a long white dress. 
On top was a long green tunic. Two brooches were pinned at the shoulders. The tunic was neatly tied with a leather belt. Her animal-skin boots came up to her knees. I feel like I'm in a fairy tale, Beth said. It's fun to dress up. Uh, take this, too, Mr. Whitaker said. He gave Beth a small cloth sack. She opened it up and looked inside. The sack was full of chess pieces. They were carved out of wood. Some of the pieces were white wood. The rest were painted red. Beth tied the sack to her belt. Why do I need a chess set? she asked. Mr. Whitaker answered with a you'll-find-out smile. Patrick came out of his changing room. He was also dressed in a costume. He wore a simple white shirt with a vest over it. The vest was made of tan leather. His dark pants were tucked inside his boots. You look like a real Viking, Mr. Whitaker said, but you need one more thing. Mr. Whitaker handed Patrick a fuzzy bundle. It was a cape. The cape was made from grizzly bear fur. It was silver with brown flecks. The cape looked thick and warm. Patrick put it on. Thank you, Patrick said. I'm ready now. I can't wait to meet a sword-fighting Viking. Chapter 3. The Note Before you meet the Vikings, Mr. Whitaker said, I have a small favor to ask. Sure, we'll do whatever you need, Beth said. While you're with the Vikings, Mr. Whitaker said, find a Viking sunstone. What's a Viking sunstone? Beth asked. Well, <laughs> I'm not sure yet, Mr. Whitaker said. I read about it in that note. He put his hand inside the machine. He pointed to the piece of paper sitting on the dashboard. Patrick and Beth noticed some things about the paper. It was thick and yellowed. It had fancy letters, and the paper looked very old. They also noticed Mr. Whitaker's hand. He wore an unusual ring. The top was a gold square. Tiny pearls sat around the square. It was the kind of ring a king would wear. I found this paper inside the imagination station, Mr. Whitaker said. The cousins climbed inside the machine to look at the note. They read the fancy letters. To save Albert, I need a Viking sunstone before the new moon, or Lord Darkthorn will lock him inside the tower. Who is Albert? Beth asked. And what is Lord Darkthorn's tower? I'll explain all that later, Mr. Whitaker said. But what if we don't find the sunstone? Beth asked. Then I'll figure out a new plan, Mr. Whitaker said. Don't worry about it. Just have a good time while you're looking. I just want to meet the Viking who has a sunstone, Patrick said. He swung an imaginary sword in the air. Slash! Jab! I think you're ready, Mr. Whitaker said. He stepped back and took his hand out. Beth noticed that the ring on his finger seemed to disappear. You'll be going back one thousand years, Mr. Whitaker said. How will we return to now? Beth asked. The red button will appear when you're ready to come home, Mr. Whitaker said. Get back to where you landed, push the button, and presto, you'll be right back here. Mr. Whitaker stepped away from the imagination station. He pushed a button on the side, and the door slid closed. Patrick looked at the control panel. The red button was flashing in the middle. He pushed it. The imagination station started to shake. Then it rumbled. It seemed to 
move forward, Beth gasped. She shut her eyes tight. It felt like a roller coaster that was out of control. Patrick felt as if he were an astronaut in a spaceship. He leaned back, waiting for takeoff. Then the rumble grew louder. The machine whirled. Suddenly, everything went black. Wow, a time machine in the back of Wit's soda shop? I've got to be honest, I am a little more than nervous for Patrick and Beth, who just traveled a thousand years into the past to explore life with the Vikings. Marianne, thank you so much for joining the Story Jumpers to tell us more about your story. I love to talk about Vikings all day long, so let's go. So I have a real quick question. Where do you think Mr. Whitaker got the Imagination Station? Oh my goodness. Well, he has worked for the government for many years and he himself was a government employee maybe doing some spy work, but I really can't say that word. Um, So I think that he's had that idea in his works for a long time and he finally perfected it for wit's end and made it somewhat safe for kids to go on adventures. Yeah, it was interesting to see how he couldn't get it to work, but the minute the kids stepped inside it, it sprang to life, right? It was. So they helped him figure out he had quite a glitch going, and they helped him solve the problem. Now, I thought it was cool that Beth and Patrick were able to get dressed up in Viking clothing and be ready to go back in time. But tell me the truth. Will Beth and Patrick be safe enough equipped in just Viking costumes? <laughs> well, you'll one, you'll have to read and find out. But um, I really don't know. Uh, sometimes they're fairly safe and sometimes they get into quite a bit of trouble. But so far, they've always been able to figure out on their own how to get out of their mess. So good, good. Well, that gives me some hope, at least, that they're going to get get through it. What what were some really interesting dangers or risks that Vikings faced in real life? Oh my goodness. They faced um, mostly the weather. They lived in a very cold northern climate. And so um, if the weather didn't cooperate, they would starve. Um, if the weather didn't cooperate, their boats would sink. Um the weather didn't cooperate, they would freeze to death. So they were very much at risk with the elements and then um, oftentimes each other. Um, They would fight among themselves. Um, And some wild animals, but not, not too many. They kept fires going and there was a big group of them. And so once, especially in Greenland where they were, if they stayed away from the polar bears, they were they were pretty much okay. If they stayed away from the polar bears, they were pretty much okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, we don't have to face anything quite that dangerous these days. Thank goodness. Right. Wow. That's crazy. I can't imagine. I can't even imagine. So Wit sends Beth and Patrick back in time. And one of the first things they're after is called a Viking sunstone. Come on, is this thing real? It sounded like... Absolutely real. What? Absolutely real. A Viking sunstone was part of their culture and part of their... I don't want to give it away. Um, (laughs) 
Yes, they're real. Viking sunstones. Well, it sounded Absolutely. like some magic device or some made up thing, but but if it's real, now I'm very curious about what it did or what what its purpose was and how they made it even. It sounds pretty cool. It sounds it very is really cool. Well, what other interesting things about Viking culture or history did you discover while you were writing the book? Well, I discovered that at the time, at this time, I wanted to have like all these kind of runes going on and and they didn't have runes back then. It was only really with the advent of Christianity that they sent over missionaries and learned men to teach the scriptures. And at about the same time, the the runes and the Viking runes were written down. But at the time of this writing, um, they weren't. I couldn't leave codes all over the place, which was right. kind of sad. Now, um, what, what you said that word rune? What is that? Rune. It's a alphabet. It's a kind of really cool looking alphabet that the Vikings use. Sometimes they represented sounds. Sometimes they represented whole words. So it's kind of like Viking code is the, by the best way to say it. And That's then um, some other things they. Um, before Christianity, they they would sacrifice their children or put them out, um, like if they didn't think they would have enough food, oh, um, wow. they would uh, the little babies would be at risk. So with Christianity came a new value for life, and so yeah. that was one turning point in the Vikings culture. Wow, that seems so tragic and and terrible, but. It is. It was a very, it was a very harsh time and a very harsh culture. In fact, this book opens and Eric the Red, Leif Erikson's dad, had been sent away. He had broken the law and they said, you can't live with us anymore. So he got in his boat and took his family to Greenland where he started his own colony. So I don't know if I broke the law, I wouldn't want my parents sending me out on the ocean Tiny little boat. Well, they were kind of big, but anyway, um, it but was against a very the whole ocean, harsh, right? Yeah, it was a very harsh culture. Wow, wow. What was one of the things that stood out to you the most that you found just fascinating that that sticks with you today? Well, going back to the polar bears, um, Leif Erikson had a pet polar bear. What? Yeah, he was able. I don't know how he got it. There's no you know, backstory to it, but he had a pet polar bear when he was growing up in Greenland. Yeah, it was cool. (laughs) That's pretty neat. All right. So back to the story at the very end, we, at the clip that we heard, we heard someone mention um, Albert and the Lord Darkthorn. Who are these two characters? Yes. Well, those two characters are part of Wit's ancestry. So um, Albert is one of Witt's relatives and he got a message from Albert needing help. And so that's when he discovered he was trying to go back in the machine to help Albert. And that's when he discovered he couldn't go. So he had to send the children, Patrick and Beth, back as his ambassadors to help him with Albert, who is under threat by Lord Darkthorn. Ooh, it sounds tragic, like I'm a little worried for Albert, and yeah. that makes me yeah. more worried for Patrick and Beth. Well, I'm they really don't worried. They're stepping into. <laughs> yeah, I know. Anybody named Lord Darkthorn has got to be a pretty, pretty ruthless guy, and he is. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the children and Albert have to somehow 
get around him and they need that sunstone as part of their mission. Awesome. Well, it's so, a good adventure that you set yeah. up. And then this is just the first book in a whole series of Imagination Station books. So what other time periods and adventures do Beth and Patrick explore with the Imagination Station? My goodness. Um, they have explored, so Vikings, ancient Rome. They go back and visit David and Goliath. They visit oh, the, cool. the American pilgrims in the 17th century. Right now I'm working on Noah's Ark. They did Alaska in 1925. I've wow. done a whole series on Abraham Lincoln and Harriet Tubman is one of those books. Oh, so cool. I'm trying to think where they haven't been is I think um, Antarctica. They have not been there and they have not been to Central America yet. Ah, well, then there's still plenty of adventure out there oh, to explore. Absolutely. <laughs> what would you say your favorite time in history was? I don't know. I, I love I, I love all the time periods. Um, the book that made the most impact on me and I knew the least about was The History of Fiji and the Cannibals. Um, what made it so fascinating was the missionaries, and I believe I was studying the Methodist missionaries, they had um, denominational meetings every month and the, the missionaries would report back with these long reports. So we have very detailed information about the missionaries and the cannibals and who died and what they ate and what ships were over and who, and then they still, and they, the record keeping got really good in the 1850s. So I can get, look at a ship's manifest and get everybody's name. And so there is the character in that book has a peg leg and he was a sailor and he was based on the ships. Um, there was a real character by that name with the peg leg and the conversation between the cannibals and the missionaries were almost verbatim. Wow. I, I mean, composite, but those conversations between the missionaries and the cannibals happened and wow. and I got to record them and those Methodist missionaries they were all in um, it's it's very sad that their children often died they got um, sick because they were used to a well-rounded diet with vitamins and about the only thing that grew on the island was sweet potatoes so if you couldn't live on sweet potatoes and fish you kind of got sick hmm. So as I mentioned, they were all in and, um, you know, who wakes up in the morning and says, I want to go, you know, talk to a cannibal who would just as soon eat me. Um, right. Then. Um, but anyway, they, they were very yeah. successful and changed the island's culture so that um, cannibalism is gone. Yeah. And they brought Christ and the message of salvation and. Right. And many, many people's lives were saved. So. Right. And that the title of that book is Can, uh, Battle for Cannibal Island. It's, wow. I think it's book number eight. Oh, that really sounds good. good. I might skip ahead right. in the series. <laughs> that sounds pretty good. Well, Marianne, thank you so much for sitting down with the Story Jumpers and telling us all about Beth and Patrick's adventure. I know that there's more to uncover here just with the voyage of the Vikings. And I, you know... I would love to have you back to talk about another book in the future. Would you be welcome to come back? I would love to come back. Excellent. Well, we'll look forward to seeing you then. Thanks so much, Marianne. All right. 
Parents, Voyage with Vikings is the first book in the Imagination Station series from Focus on the Family. Your children will sail with Vikings, meet a Roman explorer, be an American revolutionary, and take a thrilling train ride through the Wild West. With each book, kids are whisked away with cousins Patrick and Beth to embark on a new journey around the world and back in time. Kids experience unforgettable, action-packed adventures when they travel through the Imagination Station series. You know those tests kids take in the first grade? It's the first time they have to fill in a sheet of paper covered in little dots? Well, when one of her twins took that test, author Marianne Herring found out that her son Lewis couldn't read. So along with a fellow parent and co-worker, Paul McCusker, she dove into the world of historical fiction for kids. She wanted to create some stories that had action and adventure, but were easy to read. And one last thing, they needed lasting value. So they put in Christian history and some good role models. Since she had been a professional writer and editor at Focus on the Family for more than a decade, she had a good idea how to start the Imagination Station book series. Paul McCusker was a producer and scriptwriter for Adventures in Odyssey, so he had a pretty good idea about how the Imagination Station should work. Marianne Herring lives in Colorado, a place where the natural beauty makes it difficult for her to stay indoors. But she stays inside to write books for kids and their families. Oh, and her son Lewis? Well, he's in college now, learning to be a chemical engineer. He still likes numbers better than letters, but he can read. Learn more about the Imagination Station book series at MarianneHerring.com.